Uh, hey everybody, this is Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Uh, we are launching our podcast today. So excited. Oh my god. I'm actually kind of nervous and I don't know why. I think we've been talking about this nonstop for weeks. We have. We have. We have to kind of keep it on the, kind of not necessarily quiet, but we didn't want to create too much buzz yet. So this is very exciting because we've been talking about it for a very long time. We've been talking about murder for a long <laughs> time. That is uh, probably years. Yeah. It's been years. Yeah. So now we've just decided we're good enough to record it. We're going to go for it. Yeah. If anybody can do it, it's us. Exactly. You <laughs> got that right. <laughs> so um, today I'm going to talk about Kitty Genovese and jump into it. Should we jump yeah, into we it? Should, we, we can jump right into it. I'm actually really excited because I don't know a whole lot about it. I know a little bit because you've talked about it before and I don't know if I can mention your tattoo that you kind of got because of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know too much about it. So I'm here just like everyone else. Just here for the show I'm just I'm very excited because I do not know much about it yeah I was when I first learned about Kitty Genovese I was captivated by her story um and I totally have a kitty behind my right ear um I'll post a picture of it yeah on our Facebook page oh my gosh she is just Amazing, but one of the things I love about this story is that um, everybody knows her name and not necessarily his. Mm -hmm. Her murder uh, changed history and the way we handle crime today. And um, it's kind of cool that everybody knows Kitty Genovese mm -hmm. and not yeah. not the guy that came after her. Yeah, because I don't I don't even know his name. So, uh, even if you don't know true crime, a lot of people do know this story because it's talked about in psychology classes, um, even today, and it's called the Genovese Syndrome, or... Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. I've heard of it, but again, I don't know much about the case. Okay. So, I'm so excited. Oh. All right. So, um... This is about 50 years ago in New York. Um, oh, I cannot wait to tell you. Okay. So, <laughs> she, a little bit of background on Kitty. She graduated in 1953, um, and her mom had witnessed a murder and decided that their family needed to move to Connecticut. Um, and at that time, Kitty was such a badass she's like no 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 I'm gonna stay here and um she ended up moving in with her grandparents in Brooklyn she didn't want to leave um and part of that reason was because uh she was trying to figure herself out figure her life out she ended up getting married 
1954. She had just graduated high school, right? Yes. So she's at least 18. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, She ended up getting married shortly thereafter in 1954. um, And that shit didn't work out. A few months of that and she was done. She was like, no, no, no. I made a bad choice. Because as it turns out, uh, she totally ends up being a lesbian. And um, in that time, in that time, it was not... It was frowned upon. Yeah. Yes. So they were in the closet. Even Kitty's family did not know um, that she was. So she moved to Brooklyn. And this, she was such a badass rebel. She got arrested for uh, bookmaking in her bar. She worked in a sports bar. um, And above the sports bar, she was, like, taking horse bets, basically. She was kind of running a sidekick. Totally illegal. (laughs) She was like, I'm going to date women. I'm going to make some money on the side. Good for her. Yeah. So she did a little side hustle there. Um... Anyway, they were like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> so many others. Well, she had a sidekick going, so. So do we. Right? It's, <laughs> we're, we're just, we're, we're not making any money. No. We're just here for the fun. We are. Um, so anyway, she uh, landed at a new bar and became the manager there because she wanted to run that shit. <laughs> And um, she was just beautiful. She was, um, she had these dark eyes. She was very Italian looking. She was five feet short. And I think you posted a picture of her on our Facebook page today, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So you guys can go to our Facebook page if you want to check it out at Judgy Crime Girls. And... And check out the picture. Good point. But she was a very likable person. Her girlfriend described her as very kind of outgoing. Um, So uh, on to the murder. The night that she was murdered, she worked that night. And she left the bar at 2.30 in the morning. And it was... A good half-hour commute home, and she was driving in her little red Fiat, and this monster spotted her randomly, uh, like at a red light. Oh. Yeah. And followed her back to her apartment, and where she lived with her girlfriend in Queens, uh, Marianne Zelenko was her name. So she gets home, but where she has to park, it's a hundred feet away from her apartment door. And um, she, and you would think that's not very far, but if you have to walk that in the middle of the night and in Queens, which, you know, I don't know much about Queens. I don't know if it's like the best neighborhood. It's probably not the worst. I don't know, but... I don't know. You know I mean, yeah. if I had to walk even nowadays, a hundred feet in the dark yeah. at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, anywhere. That's kind of far. 
check apartment reviews before you just lease somewhere. (laughs) My goodness. Carry that mace. So she began walking uh, to the door and Mosley, she knew he was coming. She had the sense somebody was around because she started running from him and he came at her with like a hunting knife and um finally he overtook her um toward the front of the building so that kind of sounds to me like he was planning something one way or another why else would anybody have a hunting knife oh in the car yeah let's let's talk about that night let's talk let's dive into him okay he was a piece of shit (laughs) let me tell you about him i'm sure he was uh well he was so strange to police because he was married mm-hmm. and he had three children. What a douchebag. Yeah, he had no criminal record, so it was just very odd. Um, he wasn't like a prime suspect in any way, um, but he was a psychopathic serial killer and necrophiliac. Yeah, he was a treat. Anyway, he randomly chose his victims. Um, He left his wife sleeping in bed, Mm. Elizabeth Grant, and just kind of went out for a stroll. Um, So that, back to that evening, um, he overtakes her. And she, she, she's, like, struggling, and she's yelling, oh, my God, he stabbed me. And she's freaking out, and she's yelling. And um, this is a point in the story where there's different um, articles, mixed media attention, okay? So the original New York, New York Times article stated that 38 people – had heard and or seen the attack and no one did anything. No one called the um police. well there was now this was back in the day when you had to like dial zero and it would go to like your local operator. Yes. To the police. Hello, police. Hello. Uh so there was one call, um, but it wasn't really taken seriously. And some of these um People, they described it as what they thought to be more of a lover's quarrel. They didn't understand. Some of them didn't understand that she was being necessarily stabbed. Um, There was one neighbor who yelled out, hey, get away from that girl. And uh, that was when Winston Winston Mosley fled the scene at that point when he noticed that someone saw what he was doing. So he left her there. He left. He took okay. off. But what no one knew was that he had already stabbed her twice in the back and he had punctured a lung. Oh, so God. she was no longer able at this point to scream for help. Mm-hmm. So wounded, she's kind of staggering away. Oh, And she just like... She's kind of like left alone to die at this point, but nobody knows. So she goes around the corner and she's just trying to 
make her way into the building, make her way so to safety. Close to home and yet so far. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I can only imagine what that walk must have been like. Yeah. Like how many steps that that would have taken her and how and she you struggled. Can't really breathe. You Mm-mm. can't take a deep breath. No. No, because I, I believe that she ended up dying of asphyxiation from her own blood. But there was so much blood because um, what had happened at that point, um, so she finds a rear door to the building. And I've seen pictures of it. They describe it as like a vestibule. Okay. So it's it's like a tiny, it's like a staircase kind of enclosed. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the stairs, there is a door that you see in this picture. Okay. okay. So somebody lives right there, smack dab at the top of the stairs. He overhears and sees everything that's going on. He opens the door. And he shuts the door. He calls his girlfriend and says, what should I do? She says, don't get involved. Oh, no. Yes. Um, So she's 10 minutes later, she's still laying there, right? Um, During this time, Winston is searching for her, but, but she doesn't know this yet. So he's, he's combing the parking lot. He's, he has left. He has now gotten a wide-brimmed hat to hide his face. Um, he's looking around the train station. And the, mo- the most horrific part of this story is that he comes back to finish this job. She thinks right. that she's okay. Thank God I'm he's here. Gone. Yeah. Um, she doesn't have the key or whatever it is. She can't make it in the building. She's injured. She's laying there wounded um and here he comes and he enters the building and he just it is the most horrific thing because the neighbor at the top of the stairs hears all of it he um stabs her multiple times and then he sexually assaults her after she's dead and then he takes the 49 dollars yeah piece of trash yeah yeah Mm-mm. and i can't even i can't even with the guy at that the top of the everything. stairs no um so eventually he does i believe he crawls out his window to go find somewhere to to call someone okay oh, so, um oh, okay. yeah because he's like freaked out sure. um and her friend and neighbor Sophie Farrar, uh, Farrar, excuse me, um, she risked her life not knowing Winston was gone or that the area was safe. Um, came to Kitty's side and like basically held her mm-hmm. while she bled out. Um, she waited there for an ambulance to arrive. And she's loaded into the ambulance at 4.15, but never made it to the hospital alive. Um, So a lot of the um, residents in the apartment building were Holocaust survivors. So they were kind of like trained in their lifestyle to just not get involved and be quiet. Right. 
definitely um, be quiet or it might be you. Yeah. Oh, that is so sad. It is so sad. It's terrible. And um, the police, um, when they were doing their initial investigations, mm-hmm. of course, they one of their prime suspects was her girlfriend. And they were questioning her um, um, for about six hours about their their sex life and their lifestyle and um, things things of that nature. Um, and I'm sure back in the day, they probably made her made it sound like it's it's like a dirty thing. It's like a bad yeah. thing. You're probably ugh, I don't know. Awful. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I guess it's common, you know, it's always like the husband that did it or the wife that did it. But, but, um, she was the one that had to go in and identify the body when it came down to it. Um, there, uh, and it was a total fluke that Winston was even caught and charged for this crime because, um, it was just a few days later that he was brought in on an unrelated burglary charge. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I know he had scars on his hands. They questioned him about Kitty and, um, he ended up confessing and eventually ended up confessing to the killing of three women he had raped eight and committed 30 to 40 burglaries. Wow. All, all that his time. Life yes. In bed sleeping. Right. I wonder, I mean, do you ever think or wake up and wonder where your husband is? Or, I mean, I wonder mm. if she ever noticed he was gone at night or. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'll tell you what, right? I mean, back in the day, the mattresses were a little bit different than they are now. I mean, now, you know, you can jump on one side of the bed and I wouldn't feel it on mine. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, there were probably all those spring mattresses. And if somebody moved or rolled over, I would wake up. I know I would. Looking. I used to have one of those <laughs> mattresses. <laughs> Not everyone has a Not purple mattress, okay? <laughs> Not everyone has one. It's a nectar. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to throw that out there in case nectar wanted to sponsor us. Oh, my you gosh. You can reach us at judgycrangirls at hotmail.com. Gmail. Oh, Gmail. <laughs> Don't send it to the hotmail. We won't get it. That's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... All right. Well, the the whole thing was insanity. Um, he was charged with the murder murder of Kitty. He pleaded not guilty, but his lawyer changed that plea to not guilty by reason of insanity. He um, was sentenced to death, but he won an appeal in 1967. Uh, because he wasn't allowed to bring up the insanity defense at his hearing. Um, and his sentence was then changed to life in prison. And he ended up dying like five years ago, almost five years ago, oh, the so end of he March. Spent a good time. So he did 
Um, but that piece of shit, his um, quote when they had asked him about, you know, the pol- parole board, um, he stated, for a victim outside, it's a one-time or one-hour or one-minute affair. But for the person who's caught, it's forever. Mm-hmm. So it is that, like, um, mentality that I'm the victim here. Oh, yeah. And I'm the one that has to do this life sentence for you. Mm, poor me. Yeah. So... Um, there's so many things going on with this. The fact that she was gay, the fact that it changed um, uh, our 911 system was created out of this so that more of an urgency could be made to different um, different matters. But also um, just the fact that they're, they're like, don't stand by, take action. If you right. see something going on and you think that that it's a terrible thing. Get involved. Right. You can always say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> later on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy. And But I'm like you said, things have changed, you know. Um, I mean, 911 came about. And um, I do wonder, though, you said it's used in psychology classes. Do you, do you know how they use it or what for what reason or well they use it for counselor education okay and they use it in social psychology so the idea here is that the more people that witness um something traumatic the less likely it is that someone is likely to come forward and actually mm-hmm. help which is crazy yeah. it's crazy to me um but uh, there's so much, so much information on it. But I think it kind of like rang out to New York, like what an uncaring public you are. Yeah. Like, look what you let yeah. happen. And it was just alarming. Um, there wasn't, there was, um, like I said, some controversy on whether that original article was completely true, um, like the full 30 seven or 38 people the number changed after after the headline had rolled out um but yeah I I just love her story because I think it's helped so many people even today Mm -hmm. like not that it's necessarily a legacy but um it has I'm sure it has saved lives so yeah for sure yeah um, yeah, for sure. And he kind of obviously couldn't couldn't handle the pressure. I mean, it's like police ask him, "How'd you get those cuts?" <gasps> I killed three other women. I mean, he obviously confessed fairly soon after he was brought in. I'm guessing. Yeah. It's not like they had him in custody for days on end. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. it's like you little piece of shit. Well, if I you had to a- go out, but you can't take it no 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 you can tell he was under a lot of stress because shit look at those eyebrows i mean he probably plucked (laughs) plucked those until there was almost nothing left i mean it's 
That's what the 90s were like. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we do. You know? Yeah. The old 90s. I'm so glad I didn't really put my eyebrows in the 90s because I probably wouldn't have any left. Mine are almost. What I have today. I have way too much, but. No. They're beautiful. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) I learned how to tweeze myself. I mean, not tweeze. Tweeze. Um, Twerk. What? What do I? What do I get done? I'm going to get them threaded. I taught myself how to thread my own eyebrows. That's what I did. I watched YouTube videos. You? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Super easy, actually. That's amazing. But when you wear glasses and you can't see very well without them, <laughs> it's kind of a problem. So uh, they're not always straight, but, you know, we're need- sisters, not twins. <laughs> or distant cousins, in my case. <laughs> It's where you always look interested. You always have one that's like, oh. I know. It's Gucci and Walmart over here. That's what I got going on. We need to te- We need to show our husbands this YouTube uh, tutorial on how to do our eyebrows for us. Well, yours is a little multi-talented, um, you know, a jack of all trades. Yours? So maybe he can do both of ours. Yours can clean up the landscaping yes. around, <laughs> so I think you can I do that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad you shared that. We got our first episode I know. done. I'm so excited, and I can't wait to share mine. I'm down to three, so I'm gonna have to pick one tonight. Oh my goodness! So, I cannot wait, and I'm not quite sure because there. Are all really good. Oh, I'm dying to know. Do not tell me. I won't. I won't. Oh, I, won't I can't tell even. You, but um, well, I'm gonna have to figure out how to bring those down a little bit because they could be kind of lengthy. I like mm. to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week's token uh, from our episode is, of course, a kitty, mm-hmm. which we will post a picture. And um, we're hoping to take a little token away from each of these stories with us, just the way yeah. the way some crazy weirdos do. Uh, Which we're not <laughs> at all. Not at all, no. <laughs> Judge your friends, <laughs> not your enemies. Not your enemies. No. That's right. I just said judge your friends. Judge your enemies, not your <laughs> friends. <No. laughs> oh, look for red flags. For sure. Yeah. And trust your judgment always. Yeah. Definitely do that. Yeah. And run it past your bestie. Be like, what what do you think about this guy? <laughs> right. Well, nowadays technology is just, I mean, it's amazing if you do feel like you can always call somebody for real or for fake. I mean, it, you know, but a lot better than back in the day where everybody turned a blind eye. Yeah. And ear. Yeah. Go out there. And are told not to get involved. Just do it. Just do it. Get involved. Yeah. Say something. For sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening and tune in next week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.